Thank you for listening to the Call Me By Your Game podcast today. Before we get started, I've got a few action items for you today, and all of these will have links in the show notes. So if after you've listened to the episode, you're like, I can't remember what we talked about at the top of the show. Don't you worry, listener. I've got you covered, so just check the show notes below. Um, The first item is I would encourage you to check out supporting the Breathe Act. So what the Breathe Act is, it's a proposal put together by a sect of people in Congress. Um, Specifically, this is being led by Ayanna Bresley and Rashida Tlaib. Um, But this calls for a reimagining of public safety. It specifically divests federal resources from incarceration and policing. It invests in new, non-punitive, non-carceral approaches to community safety. Um, It allocates new money to build healthy, sustainable, and equitable communities and holds political leaders to their promises uh, and enhances the self-determination of all black communities. So um, we've seen what this sort of action for communities and groups can do and how this is change that can be vitally important. So I would encourage you to check that out. There's a link to the whole website for this um, proposal, and it could be incredibly valuable um, for so many people in this country, specifically black and brown people. Um, the second thing is actually something that's that would feel very related because they're similar, and this, but this is L.A. County specific. So it's an L.A. election item. It's a measure that's on the ballot this November, and that's Measure J. And I'm actually asking people to uh, support yes, and of course – Please do your research on your own, but here's a little bit about it um, before you dive in. So Measure J would essentially allocate um, 10% of the 42% of the LA County budget that currently goes towards the legal system and law enforcement. Again, it's not LA City, it's LA County. So that's $1.75 billion that currently goes towards those two things. Um, again, 42% of the entire county budget, uh, it would essentially be a direct investment in communities and offers alternatives to incarceration by investing in health, housing, and jobs. And we've seen in this country um, how much your life can change by having an investment in health, housing, and jobs, something that a lot of people don't have the same access to. So check that out if you're an LA County voter. I think it would do uh, just like like the Breathe Act, it could have an incredible impact for uh, those communities. And then also, uh, the two smaller items that we've had up recently is the Supporting Black Lives email list. Again, the wonderful list of action items that goes out once to twice a week by Paula V. Ganalan. Um, It's a great place for people who want to help but don't know where to get started. Um, it's got Uh, links to petitions, places to donate, educational resources. It's great. And lastly is a link to vote.org to register to vote. We're running out of time before our November elections. I would love you to be able to vote, of course, in the national and the general election, but also in your local um, races and elections and try to make progressive impact there so you can check out all these in the in the show notes uh but for now thank you so much for listening to the show please enjoy this wonderful episode with my friend bryce gangle enjoy
Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. This is a podcast where I, your host, Connor McKay, bring on a guest to talk about a video game that is special to them and why. We'll talk as much about what made playing that game special and what they love about it, but also dive into the context around how they fell in love with the game in the first place. A little housekeeping up top is that if you'd like to learn more about our show, uh, you can visit us at callmebyyourgame.com. You can email us with uh, questions, suggestions, things you love about this game or games you'd love to hear about someday. And you can reach us at callmebyyourgamepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you're a listener and you want to support the show, you can do that a few ways. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, which helps our visibility. Uh, you can share this with a friend who either loves the games we're talking about today or games in general. And then lastly, of course, we are a part of the Super NPC Radio Network. Uh, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. And uh, if you're a listener, you know that this is something I started. And by, you know, joining any tier, you get at least the free show that me and my friend Jeremy Schmidt do called Super NPCs. Uh, and it's been a blast. There's a ton more extra stuff. If you like what we do, you're probably going to like what's on there. Um, but yeah, that's it for housekeeping. The fun can begin. Let's go ahead and welcome the whole reason we're here today, our wonderful guest. Please welcome actor, work confidant, and source of hope, Bryce Gangle. Bryce, welcome <laughs> to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Connor. No problem. Uh, we've, you know, there's a there's many people, Bryce, who mm. I feel like when I'm when I meet them or get to know them, I'm like this person, like. I already know they either like video games or they've made it clear or I'm like this person seems like and not not to like stereotype anyone mm -hmm. but like nerdy they it's likely but hearing from you when we used to work with each other that you had like a love for a few games surprised me uh but I was also like the depth of your love for these games was so big that I was like we got to have you on the show Sure yeah I it is a a very tight knit group of a few games, but you're right. The love is deep. Yes. You seem like a quality over quantity person. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. We also do a, you know, a lot of uh, personality dissection on the show. So I hope you're ready for a lot of that today. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yeah. And I was thinking about why I love the game that we'll be discussing today so much. And it is really interesting because I don't know if it does totally match up with my personality, huh. but, um, I, I, I've got thoughts. That's very cool. I love that. Um, so f I, I, you know, I gave the world a little idea of like how I know you. We used to work mm -hmm. together at Osteria Moza back when you could, uh, go work. to restaurants and yeah. there'd be a reason to have more than one host around. Um, but how would, is there any other ways people might know you? Anything you wanted to shout out? About yourself? Sure. Um, well, I'm a relatively new Los Angeles transplant. I um, spent the past over 10 years living and working in Chicago, uh, mainly doing a ton of theater uh, at a ton of different sort of levels of theater in Chicago. I don't know if you know much about the Chicago theater scene, but it's very diverse in terms of... Um, the scale of the theater and the productions and how many people are in the audience. So Chicago, I think is really well known for what's called its storefront theater scene. And those are literally theaters that were built out in storefronts that see 20, 30 people, the audience is, you know, 
a foot in some cases away from you. (laughs) And the quality of this work is really highly regarded. It's put on the same level as sort of the much, much larger, big equity houses in Chicago. So it's a really, really well-supported scene there. Uh, As you can imagine, the theater scene in Chicago is hurting right now, for sure. So I was going to say, those like pop-up ideas seem like the only almost practical thing you could do right now, or maybe Mm -hmm. something at like an outdoor music venue where you can spread people out. It's hard (laughs) though. And that's the thing. Most of these theaters are, you know, in tiny little black boxes that have absolutely no ventilation system that's up to code and are just covered (laughs) in dust. And, you know, so hopefully, hopefully (laughs) we'll be able to get through this and not, and a lot of the theaters um, will be able to survive. But so I moved out to LA about almost a year ago, exactly now. And, um, you know, it's, kind of hit the ground running working out here, which was really exciting and got a job at the, the corner, the Mozaplex corner. Um, (laughs) Mostly because like, I love working in restaurants and now that I don't have it in my life right now, it's, I've realized I've come to realize anyway, it's a huge part of my, how I like to socialize, Yeah, not just with other coworkers, but just with other people. And it's great people watching. And as you know, the people (laughs) watching in this city, especially those going out to eat, it's pretty unparalleled. Oh Yeah. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Killer. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, that's I think I, I do I definitely resonate with you on the that like maybe unexpected social aspect almost of mm-hmm. working at a restaurant. I mean, looking at it in retrospect, it's like, oh, I should have known. And you know, I'd be seeing a lot of people mm-hmm. a lot of the time, sometimes some of the same people, and that but the guests you can't always predict. So it was that was a thing I really liked about it too. Um, oh yeah, it almost I mean, keeps it fresh oh, in some you good ways. Some never bad ways. know what you're gonna get working <laughs> in a restaurant, especially I think where we worked and sort of the history of those restaurants in connection to LA. Yeah, and um, so I definitely I miss it. I miss all the crazy people and the drama. And oh my goodness, yeah, it's uh, like you can't you, got, you can't write it no you can't you kind of got like every little you know every little piece of that place did have its own little strange nuances you know some good some bad so you're right you couldn't write it um but it was really fun so it was fun and i feel like you and i met because you were sort of just helping out and mm-hmm. you and i met and just became fast friends yes i mean and just, that's that's not to say like you know you don't work with people that you uh, like many people that you like just fine or like yeah. are friendly with. But um, I felt the same way, which is, you know, part of the reason why it was like easy to chat and then, you know, find this love of yours and the games yes. we're going to talk about. But yeah, it was, it was just a lot easier. Also, I felt like not that everyone at the restaurant was crazy or restaurant industry is nutso, but like you were almost like a grounding force that was like, okay, this is a way for me to check in with myself because it's a reasonable person. And that there was no question of that. Is I think the key of what makes a good host. You have yeah. to be as cool as possible in the yes. most high stress situations. And yeah. yeah. And then hopefully you have another person standing there with you who you enjoy talking with and can get to the nitty gritty. Yes. Cause the games of our childhood together. Right. It's true. I think also at those places, like part of the reason why it is nice, was nice to have two of us was that, 
you are going to deal with some awful people or people who just, you know, have awful moments. So Mm -hmm. it is so helpful to be able to let that energy out and be like, oh, yes, of course, here's your seat and enjoy, blah, blah, blah. And then you walk, I immediately would walk back to you and be like, I can't believe what this fucking person just said to me. I know. Or there'd be times where someone would say something to me and I would, you know, send them over to the bar to wait. And then I'd be like, I am not speaking to them again. You're going to have to go deal with them. Yeah. Oh, goodness. You got to have a partner in crime. It's true. So thank you for, you know, we only, I think worked one day a week with each other but it was really nice and thanks for having my back when we did that always i love Hope it. to have it again hey someday maybe or you know we'll both be such successful working actors that we won't even need it right true that's true that you would know, be we great need, we need that industry to come back too yeah <laughs> so um well that's really awesome uh before we get into your history with video games i wanted to actually uh i meant i wanted i have a special shout out for this episode we don't receive many like emails or anything. We have people who subscribe to our Patreon. We have a lot of people who listen, but we got some fan art this week from someone who like listened to the show who actually found me on Twitch. And I actually want to, let me share, I'm going to share that with you real quick because partly I want you to be able to know what I'm talking about if I can yes. find it right now. Um, my computer storage got all weird today. I'll share it with you another time. Okay. Uh, all that to say, shout out to the artist on Instagram, Glenn J. They made a beautiful uh, rendition of our cover art and our logo that I made. So I'll send you that. That looks like a, it's not a crude tri- child's drawing. I'm not going to like disparage it. It's okay. But what he, they sent me was like really warmed my heart and made me feel so good and, uh, was like kind of like my version of the logo was like what my primitive brain could Mm -hmm. see for us. And this is like what I had always hoped for. Um, I feel like when you're getting fan art, you've really made it. You know, I'll take it. That's a huge, I never ever expected to have something like that. So, you know, I think I made it too. Thank you. Um, But I will, I'll text you. Oh, you know, that's what I could do. I could just text you right now. Uh, I'll share that with you real quick. And then, you know, we have so much at our fingertips. Let's see. Where is it? There we go. So you should receive a text at some point um, with some fan art. Oh, yeah. You're also recording on voice memo. So who knows? Um, If you get it, uh, feel free to react to it or you can look at it later. It doesn't matter. Um, But let's move on to your history with video games before we, you know, jump into the actual games we're talking about. I think actually it would help be helpful at this point if you told us what we're going to discuss today. Sure. So um, what we'll be discussing today is sort of a two-parter, which is interesting. And we sort of discussed about the uniqueness of this game situation. But we will be talking about Harvest Moon, which was its own separate ent- entity game that I played on N64 that then got reprogrammed by this crazy, crazy genius who did it all by himself and reprogrammed it, I think, first as a computer game, and then it was acquired by gaming systems. And now I prefer to play it on Switch. And it was reprogrammed as a game called Stardew Valley. And I did not have an N64 gaming console growing up because that just was too cool. Like it's too expensive, way too cool. I did have growing up, like way back in the day, my older brother and I had a Sega and I mean, the old Sega games are my absolute 
favorite. They are so truly cool. my jam. They're the games that I grew up on. So like old Sonic, I used to love this old game that it's actually, I've tried to track it down and it's very hard to find called Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Yes, I know this Just game. Played on the old Sega console. Um, I think I found one on eBay once that was being sold for a lot of money. And I yeah. called my mom and I was like, do you have the Sega games? Because like, I think there's oh. money in these. Yeah. She was like, I have no idea where they are. Oh. So we played a lot of Sega growing up. And then I, I don't even think we had, we might've had old Nintendo, but I feel like I don't really remember playing it or maybe it was like something my brother borrowed from one of his friends, you know, like I don't okay. remember it being ours. My aunt did have Duck Hunter out at her house, which oh, nice. was like truly one of the best old games, Duck Hunter and Paperboy. Oh, so wow. Those Two, like real throwbacks. Classics, like absolute classics. And, you know, I played all of the Marios and things like that, but I remember all of my friends had N64 and like Mario Kart and everything. So, I mean, and they were just the cool kids and I <laughs> never had, I remember begging, begging for an N64 and my parents, it just was never even an option. Like mm. they were just never going to buy that for me. Was it, but, it because it was like too expensive or it's like, we already have a video game console. What's the point? I guess so. I think it was just, it was too expensive. And I think my mom was just like, you don't really want that. You just want that because you know, other people have it, you know, Come on, and, mom. yeah, <laughs> she didn't credit. get it. But my best, best, best friend growing up, Holly Payne, I'll give her a little Aww, shout, out. shout out. She had an N64 and we, she had the game Harvest Moon. And I remember, cause we played like Mario party, like we weren't big gamers, but I remember she got this game. I don't know where or how, and she, we started playing it and we became obsessed obsessed like we would stay up all night long (laughs) playing harvest moon it was like our favorite thing to do on the weekends and it's so funny if if, i would love to see the breakdown of boys and girls like who loved it more because to me it feels like girls might like it a little bit more Mm -hmm. because there's not a ton of action involved yeah but who knows um so we've played that for years and years and years and then you know, I, as you do, you grow out of it. And Holly and I both went to different schools and we still know each other, but you're not staying up all night playing video games with your best friend at a sleepover when you're 16 years old. Uh, that so, sounds pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like, but we revert back to it like in our thirties. Yes. So, but like, you know, there's the chunk of time where that's not cool and you're just mm-hmm. partying. And so, um, I remember, a couple of years ago, a friend of mine was in town and he's a really big gamer and um, he's a programmer, a brilliant programmer. Oh, cool. He lives out in San Francisco. And I think we were talking about games and I said something like, well, the only game I truly love, like hands down love is Harvest Moon. And he was like, oh, well, do you know about Stardew Valley? And I was like, <laughs> What are you talking about? And he like got on my computer instantly. He downloaded Steam for me and he was like, here you go. And he told me the whole story about Stardew Valley. This guy who Eric Barone, I think is his Mm -hmm. name. He like reprogrammed by hand, basically Harvest Moon with a few changes and created this new game. And I, I got it. And I remember like opening it up and being like, 
oh my God. And this like flood of nostalgia came over Aww. me. And I remember like playing it on my computer for just like weeks, like Amazing. hours straight. It, it was so nice to be back. And then, and then I was able to download it on switch not that long ago. And let me tell you, I've never been more grateful to have it than oh, during this quarantine time. I can imagine. Um, it's, Talking about the games we're talking about today will be difficult not to reference Animal Crossing. I don't know if you've played that at all. But I haven't. Like, and of course, everybody asks me about it. And I do I'm think sure. they're similar. But again, I'm not really a game person. Yeah. I just have my like my stalwarts, like the ones that I'm just like, yes. nope, I'm good. I got what I need. Awesome. Yeah. Maybe maybe if I ever, I know you can't really like win Stardew Valley, but like maybe one day I'll brand, like, you know, 10 years when Animal Crossing isn't cool again, I'll get hey, into it. There you go. Get in while it's not cool so you can bring it back. Um, yeah. I guess my, my thought was just like uh, what you're expressing about it being like such a nice thing to have during this time is what I've heard from so many people about Animal Crossing and I think just games in general. Um, mm-hmm. But sorry to interrupt you. You were... So you're on your train, you're super into Stardew Valley. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just, I think it's so great. And I was thinking to myself today, like, you know, what about it is so interesting because there's, it's such a strange game. (laughs) It's like, you know, you, I think it's so funny, the concept of it to, you know, if you want to, if we want to start breaking it down, but I, I love the setup for it. The setup is that, you know, you are this little little character and you work this awful soul sucking nine to five Mm. job in a, you know, windowless cubicle, hate your life. And then you get a letter that your grandpa has died, but he's left you his, his farm in, you know, a, a foreign town and you decide to just uproot your life and go and like change your whole life. And then the whole game is just about cultivating this farm, socializing with your neighbors, um, and like, doing favors for people like so much of the game is like your neighbor so-and-so is requesting a fish like please catch one and bring it to their house (laughs) so it's like it's very kind um it sounds like i wish that could happen in my life right now oh my god i know and also you know with no covid would be great I would COVID did not reach Pelican town and Stardew Valley like it's too perfect it's too pristine They did. They wore masks and took precautions, you know, hundred percent. Like I, I sort of equate it with like New Zealand, (laughs) Stardew Valley, Pelican town. Cause the town itself is called Pelican town, not Stardew Valley. Pelican town is in Stardew Valley, but yeah, it's like this perfect little, absolutely perfect place. Amazing. So yeah, Um, that's sort of like my love and it started with kind of old game. And I guess it makes sense because the graphics are pixel graphics. Yes. It feels like an old game just in 2020. Yeah. And I, I didn't, I never branched out into like the PlayStation games, like these story games that are so popular, like the last mm-hmm. of us, that's basically like a movie, you know, like yeah. I just, I never got on that path of games. I really just stuck with the old like pixelated games of my childhood Hey, you know, to each their own. And there's so much of that available now. And there's so much nostalgia for it that, uh, you know, you're going to be fine. There's going to be stuff for you to play if you ever want. Oh, to. yeah. And I respect those like super modern games. I have I like 
watching people play them. It's just not something that if I'm like sitting there thinking like, hmm, how do I want to kill an hour or whatever? Yeah. Like I, I would just, I'd rather play Paperboy on Nintendo. There you are. Uh, I do have a question, a couple questions mm-hmm. for you about like your history. Uh, I, I think I remember us talking about other games that you've played on the Switch. You know, aside from uh, those, these two specifically that we're talking about, have mm-hmm. you played any others or really enjoyed any other highlights for you? Yes. Okay. So my husband and I really like that game called Overcooked oh. on the Switch, which is where you're two little chefs. And it's an amazing game. And there were times where things got so heated between us. Like, I mean, it's a really frustrating game, yeah. but the only way to win it is to cooperate as if you're in a real kitchen. Amazing. I mean, you have to communicate at a level that is, I've never, I mean, I've never seen in another game before wow. to be able to win. You have to communicate at the highest level. And it is so funny. I mean, we always joke around that we're like, well, if we could make it, through overcooked (laughs) and stay married like we can do anything because there were times where it was so frustrating (laughs) like the most frustrating game you could possibly imagine and then we also really like a couple of indie games um that uh oh god i'm totally blanking on their names i think Um, i remember one we both played which was thimbleweed park or not thimbleweed park i'm thinking of you know that that's what's that? No, I'm yeah, thinking well, the creepy. It's like the creepy game. Yes. Um, um, uh, blah, blah, blah. There's one. They it's the same company, and they just came out with a new game called After Party, which is where you have to go through hell and out drink the devil yes. and to get out of hell and um, <laughs> oxen free, oxen free. There we go. That's nice. what it's called. So we play some of the indie games, uh, and like oxen free was really great. I really loved that one. And the after party is in is a new game by this gaming company. And I really like them because they're not they're sort of choose your own adventure games. Mm. And there's no way to really lose or, you know, play it the wrong way. You kind of are just going throughout the world and making decisions and those decisions will affect how you continue on. <laughs> Basically wow. what I'm saying is I like games that have very low stakes. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not trying to die a lot. Yeah. I'm not trying to like kill anyone else really. Like I like low stakes, like calming games in a lot of ways. They can be cool, interesting. And in the case of Oxenfree, like kind of scary, yeah. but, but ultimately the stakes are quite low. <laughs> Well, that's good. You know, that's good for you to know about yourself, to know like what you, for the most part, want to dip your toes in. It sounds like, mm-hmm. you know, how to create boundaries for yourself. So we're, <laughs> yeah. I'm really proud of you, Bryce. That's yeah. awesome. My husband, before baseball was playing, he got the major league, he's a huge baseball person oh. and he got major league baseball on switch and was playing as the Chicago White Sox. And it just got to the point where I was like, I feel like this is filling a void for you and maybe yes. in an unhealthy way. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, those are sort of the games. And then, like, sometimes we'll play Mario Kart. We played Mario Kart a lot right when we first got the Switch. But the controllers are so small. Oh, yeah, because you probably each just using a Joy-Con. Yes. Yeah. You know what I would recommend? It's, like, an easy fix for that is to get either A, get a new controller, or get the little wheels. Yeah, I have seen those. And, like, truly, they they go a long way in just giving you a bigger surface to hold on to. Yeah. It's it 
enormous. I, I don't know why I bought them, but I'm so glad I did. Yeah. I feel like, cause we would play it more, but we both like, I always feel like can never control it as easily as we it's so want tiny. to. It's oh. so small. Those like little tiny buttons. Yes. But yeah. So those are, those are kind of our switch games. I wouldn't nice. say either of us are major, major gamers, but we've dabbled. And then awesome. I mean, really in terms of computer games, the Sims. Ooh, awesome. I just saw that you had an episode not too long ago about The Sims, and I was like, oh, I have to go back and listen to that. I mean, I think so many people of my generation feel this way, but The Sims was like a next level game. Yes. Oh, yeah, for so many people. That was, yeah, that that was a really fun episode. I, I feel like this episode and that are both unique in the sense that that was the first one we didn't talk about just one game my friend liz wanted to talk about the whole franchise because she stuck with it and in this case we're talking about two games that have a connection so heck yeah i love it um i so at the end of the show i one of the fun segments i'll give you a little spoiler which is (laughs) i have game recommendations for you oh um, good based off of your love for these but i have an early recommendation for your husband if he likes baseball and has a switch and that is a game called Super Mega Baseball 3. It is so fun. It is so goofy. The controls are really great and they ease you into the difficulty okay. in like the best way I've ever seen. So um, let him know. I, I say to check out Super the demo because you can play. 3. Okay, you, I will. The, the demo's great and it it might get him hooked. I actually just did actually by the time you've heard this episode. We, for my show monthly, I do a group roundtable style discussion on like a big game or an important game. And the one coming out before this episode will be actually on that with a couple of oh, friends. Oh, okay. So, I will um, recommend it. Yeah. He, he's been really thrilled with like having baseball back again. And so oh, a lot of the new players have gotten put into the that's right. MLB game. Yeah. And so he's been like pretty excited to play play as all these like new superstars. Oh, I can imagine cuz the White Sox are really I'm a big baseball fan too. They're really exciting and have some new guys that are uh like just lighting Luis up. Luis Robert so. is a yes. freaking superstar. I he's mean, they're so like good. their Cuban lineup is crazy. I know. I've become I've become a baseball admirer. Cool. Um just because he is so obsessed with it and it's hard not to with it yeah. but it has been actually really fun to kind of watch and see sports again and i i do like that they're at least trying to it trying to put them on even though i don't know maybe they shouldn't but i'm not gonna they, get into the ethics of that it's just it's yeah. been nice <laughs> major league all what i'll say is this is that major league baseball has handled it pretty poorly mm-hmm. um and which has led to like uh um well they've basically not really They've put the most uh, easy restrictions on everything. And my team, the St. Louis Cardinals, haven't played a oh, game in two weeks. They, so I know. They played five games. It's crazy. It's a bummer. And now the other teams are going to get totally punished and have to play all these double headers so that they yeah. can try and make it up. And, you know, of course, the rumor is, is that the Cardinals were seeking out to go to casinos. And I'm like... Of course. Yeah, I mean, there were... I think there were a couple players who did. I don't think they are the ones who test... who tested positive but still it's like so but irresponsible still. you know i'm happy this happened because during this summer we're doing a four-part special baseball spotlight and this just feels like a little like perfect it's not, it's a, not perfect a baseball lead-in. episode but like we're yeah. just given a little taste though a gentle lead-in there we go yeah. um 
So that's really awesome. Was there anything else about your history with games you didn't get to share before we move on? Nope, I don't think so. Okay. That's, you know, that's, that's, that is my gaming history. My little brother is like a huge gamer, has played Stardew Valley, all that stuff. So I kind of like try and we'll talk to him about some of the new games, but he's like, he used to be so into Minecraft and all that stuff. So I, and I'm excited to hear your game recommendations because I'll actually have something to talk about with him now. Oh, I love it. That's so cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Bryce. Uh, before we get come back and talk about, you know, your your history with the game and add a little bit about, um, you know, the game's history in general for both of them, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. of the Call Me By Your Game podcast, Connor McCabe, and I am thrilled to announce that our show is now a part of the brand spanking new video game podcast network, Super NPC Radio, uh, and we've launched a Patreon in addition to support our shows. All the shows and content from Super NPC Radio are fully independent, and we finally have a way to not only make new video content, but more podcasts as well, bonus shows, and help pay for our expenses in doing so. We can offer several great tiers, and for $5 a month, you'll get access to our brand new weekly show, Super NPCs. At the following $10 tier, you'll get even more bonus content, including a monthly group episode of this show called Call Me By Your Game Co-op, where we discuss iconic games, their respective legacies, and their place in history. If this is interesting to you and you like this show, check us out at patreon.com slash supernpcradio and keep on enjoying those games, why don't you? Welcome back to the Call Me By Your Game podcast. We are still sitting here with our guest, Bryce Gangle, and before we get into her, you know, personal history and context with Harvest Moon and Stardew Valley, we're going to just dive into the history and context of the game itself, just in case someone's not familiar. Uh, like I said earlier, Bryce, if you want to jump in, add context, please do. Feel free. This is a, it's a team effort, but I'll just start rambling. So right. jump in whenever you want. Well, the history uh, is crazy between these two games. Like, I think it's so weird. So it I'm really excited. is. It, I, it totally is. And truly, like, jump in. It. If I say a word and you're like, it's time to jump in, do it. Okay. Um, so I'll start by the, with this. Uh, Story of Seasons, formerly known as Harvest Moon, is an agricultural simulation role-playing video game series created by Yoshiro Wada and developed by Victor Interactive Software. The series began on the Super Nintendo with Harvest Moon on the SNES and was followed by numerous sequels, including Harvest Moon 64 in 1999. Even though the franchise has undergone many changes and iterations over the years, the games have largely remained a hybrid of farming and relationship simulators with the goal of rebuilding an old farm into a successful one. Over a period of time, the player tends to crops and livestock, befriends townsfolk, and eventually gets married and starts a family. It has been <laughs> highly influential and solidified the genre by establishing this game style by by establishing this game style, it ended up founding finding an influence and inspire ins, 
I can't even talk right now. It's such a great game. Uh, it's and, so good. And it was just a big source of inspiration for young developers. Um, to hop over to Stardew Valley, because we're going to give a little bit on each. Uh, Stardew Valley is another game of the same genre and was developed solely by Eric, and his handle is Concerned Ape Barone. It was initially released, as you said earlier, just for Windows in February 2016 and later ported to many different platforms. Uh, In this game, the player takes the role of a character who, to get away from the hustle and bustle of the city, well, really, as you said, because they get a notice that their grandpa's passed away. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, maybe that's another reason they left. (laughs) Um, uh, The whole, the beginning of Stardew, you go through this like long sort of, introduction you know Mm -hmm. and it's like (laughs) your little like pixelated character because you can make similar to the sims you can sort of choose in stardew valley like what your character is going to look like you can choose their gender which is different from the original harvest moon game harvest moon you were just like the little guy yeah this is like you get to name the farm and you get to choose like your gender as your little person and you can choose your outfit and your hairstyle. And then you watch this very long intro about sort of what your life is like in the city. And it looks terrible. I mean, oof. They really sell you on the idea of leaving. (laughs) They really do. And they also, I think just make you, it's so funny how they're just, there are so many, um, I feel like the programmer, Eric, has a lot of opinions about life. Yeah. And he (laughs) programmed those in there of like, I think that there is like a reason why when you get your farm, eventually you can sort of level up after you reach a certain level and you're able to cultivate animals. And like, there's a reason why your farm is you never butcher the animals. Your whole purpose and having the animals is to like tend to each one of them like individually Aww. and like they each have their own like happiness scale <laughs> and if they're not happy if you're not treating your animals well they won't produce eggs for you or they won't you can't milk them and i just i sort of like his ideas i think are very much programmed into this game which i wow. appreciate you know and I, i'm w- with him being the sole developer he has autonomy over that and mm-hmm. you know if you're making a game and you're beholden to higher ups or like what he's what you're escaping in this game you know corporate interests uh you don't yeah. always get to do that so it's it, that is so interesting yeah there's um, very little violence in this game yeah and um which i'm not like opposed to violence video violent video games mm-hmm. i used to love oh you know a game that i didn't even talk about i did used to love grand theft auto 2 which was on playstation 2 again pixelated it was the pixelated one so the violence is still pretty like obscure but i'm not opposed to them necessarily they're not my jam like i'm not Mm -hmm. interested in playing them but you know i'm not going to stand on some soapbox about them necessarily but I do sort of appreciate that, like, it's a very sweet game. It's, like, yes. very, very kind. And mm-hmm. there, there is, like, you can fight, like, little monsters when you're mining, uh, like, for ore in the yeah. mines. But other than that, like, they look like little, like, jellies, you know? Like, oh, there's okay. just, like, various monsters. And it's uh, very tame. It's very G-rated. Gotcha. Okay. Well, you know... Part of probably why it's like a really nice escape or at least yeah. one good reason. 
Um, so this game, a little different than Harvest Moon, is more of an open-ended game mm-hmm. allowing players to take on an array of activities similar to that, of course, of its predecessor. And I've never played this game, but it allows apparently up to three players to play the game together online. Yeah, I haven't played multiplayer either. And I was actually just talking to my friend Bruce earlier today, and he said something about it being multiplayer. And I was like, how? What? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, it, it could be multiplayer. And I was like, mm, I don't know if I want you like messing with my farm. Like, <laughs> you know, like, right? I don't know. Yeah, you can This is my over. therapy here. Exactly. Maybe only under your supervision they could have a tour of the island. Yeah, exactly. The farm. Um, a little bit I wanted to add about uh, Stardew Valley was kind of what you were talking about earlier with the developer, Eric Barone. Uh, so he developed this game over four years. And and like you said, it's it's you know a lot of the same mechanics and game style that the Har- that Harvest Moon had, but he decided to address some of what he saw as like shortcomings of the game and uh, as like an exercise to his improve his own programming and game design skills. Uh, yeah, which is I so read that he like started a whole like Reddit subreddit thread about for like fans of Harvest Moon because he's really open about being like Harvest Moon is my main inspiration. Wow. And so he started this subreddit thread about. Uh, or for Harvest Moon fans of being like, what do you think was missing from Harvest Moon? Because we can all agree that like there were some things missing to maybe like hold interest. Although for me in like third grade, it held my interest for like 12 hours a night. (laughs) But um, So anyway, he like got all of these suggestions from people um, of I think like adding in activities or, you know, Mm -hmm. things like little Probably quality of life improvements, as they're called, which are just like, I don't know how you, what the difference is when like planting or picking like crops in this game. But like what I would under, what I would guess is that instead of having to do each individual one, maybe there's moments where you can do a few at a time. Kind of, but that sort of like is only it starts out where it's like, you're very limited, which makes mm. sense. You just came from the city. You worked at, yeah. you're a corporate shill. You don't know how to run a farm. So like <laughs> the tools that you have are very like rudimentary, simple tools. But what you can do is that as you get better, you can upgrade your things. So like you befriend the town blacksmith and you can, you know, he charges a certain, certain amount of money. So you can upgrade your watering can so that instead of just being able to water one like flower at a time, you will then have the ability to water like four at a time, you know, or like you'll be able to like make a sprinkler system. So the game is really well set up in that, like, just by playing the game, you get better at it. Your character gets better at it and is able to be more efficient at some of the things. And yeah, he also just added in a few more like mission type things. None of which are like, if you don't complete this, you can't move on. It's all just very kind of like stuff for you just to kind of take care of stuff for you to do the whole like mining the mines that's all new in stardew valley that didn't exist in harvest moon so Mm. you really weren't like because you can go down there and like mine for silver and copper and those things can allow you to you know upgrade tools or build other things and so Those are some of the things that he added, which gives the game more longevity than just Harvest Moon. It did kind of feel like 
the main goal was to make money on the farm, but also to like get a girlfriend. (laughs) That was like the goal. You were like working real hard to like get a girlfriend to date and then get married. Amazing. Oh, that's so funny. Um, the last thing I really want to share before we sort of dive into even more of like your personal history and context was that, as we've said, he developed this game on his own, but about midway through development, the company Chucklefish uh, approached him with an offer to publish the game, which he eventually accepted. And this allowed him to focus more of his efforts on just completing the game and the development of that, as opposed to all the other bells and whistles you have to go through. Uh, Stardew Valley was both a critical and commercial success, selling over 10 million copies across all platforms by the year 2020. And, um, you know, we're about to jump into your history and context, but which is just going to lead us into the idea that how connected these two games are. So why don't mm-hmm. we... I, we kind well, of touched, and speaking of that, yeah. the creator of Harvest Moon, uh, Yasuhiro Wada, he he made the public statement of just like, I, he loves Stardew Valley. Yeah. He was like really happy with it and was like really honored that, that Harvest Moon like could continue on and was not yes. a forgotten series and sort of evolved into this new iteration, which I thought was really sweet. That is so sweet. And so nice. Rather than being like, I'm going to sue you for intellectual yeah. property theft or whatever. Totally. That is a very heartwarming response. And, and not only like, you know, it, seeing like how Harvest Moon is living on in this game, but like I have already seen things that I know or that I've even heard from you that this game does that they implemented sp- in Animal Crossing mm. specifically, like you specifically have a water can that you upgrade and it can like, yeah, water four in this yeah. certain pattern. Oh, and yeah. th- so the last thing I guess I'll say that it would, cause it really has nothing to do with what you're sharing, but it's something I feel like expressing is that, um, Animal Crossing is, is a great franchise. It's very different than Stardew Valley and Harvest Moon. I think it had kind of grown a little stale by the last one, which I still really enjoyed, but it this one this new one was obviously helped by covid but it's such a good game and so much more deep and i think it owes a lot of that to the improvements that stardew valley made uh just based on like what makes a good game like this mm-hmm. so they made everyone else step up their game not even just themselves and i think that was cool so yeah i agree you know bryce we've already sort of gone down your road of your history and context with these two games but Mm -hmm. if you wouldn't mind sort of walking us down again because i might ask you some questions that would be really great sure so um when i kind of i refound stardew valley as an adult and like i mentioned previously it just reminded me of such a sort of like innocent time in my life. Cause I started playing Harvest Moon when I was like, right when it came out in like 1999. So, I mean, that's probably, I was maybe like third or fourth grade, you know, Mm -hmm. something like that. And it is such a, and I, I sort of fused the two in my mind. And (laughs) so it just sort of like brought me back to like, that time in my life and like have, you know, slumber parties with my best friend and, it's such a like soothing game. And what I truly love about it is that there is no rush. Awesome. And 
there's no rush to do anything because everything that's available for you to do within the game is not on a time limit because it's open-ended, which I think is such a brilliant like bit of programming about it. So like, it doesn't matter. There's an internal clock in the game. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like how many years have passed, what day it is. Um, if it's spring, you know, fall, winter, summer, and it's just, it, it can take you as long as you want it to, to do anything in the game, which I think is really interesting. It's like it, and the game rewards slow play and an exploration of the world, which I really appreciate. And which is why I think I find it such like a calming game. Cool. And I think I've been, you know, I'll play it some days. I was, I was thinking about it. I was like some days or some weeks, I'll feel like I'll play like an hour of it a day. And then I'll look back and I'll be like, Ooh, I was like really I had, I was, that was like a really anxiety ridden week for me. And I think I would revert back to like playing Stardew Valley because I found it like sort of, it was like self-soothing and yeah. not only because it reminds me of Harvest Moon from being a kid, but also just because it's so simple, mm -hmm. the music is like so nice and tranquil, <laughs> which he programmed all the music himself. Incredible. He made it all. And, um, there's such a variety of things to do within the game that it, it, you don't really fall into a repetitive cycle of things, mm. which I appreciate. Um, That's nice. so, you know, it's like, I just, it's like one of those games that like you can just pick up and you can play it obsessively for a week. And then if you get busy and you don't play it again, you don't touch it for a little bit and then you can just pick it right back up again. And I, really appreciate that about it the learning curve on it is there isn't one <laughs> like it's just like so nice and i mean like there's definitely things that you can do better because i remember i started a new game i didn't transfer over the game from my computer okay. from the switch so i started a whole new farm and there were things that i learned that i was like okay i know an easier way to do this now that i'm <laughs> yes. gonna implement in the switch so oh, yeah. um but I, I like that the game rewards like just slow, unrushed play. And, you know, you can sort of give yourself a goal of what you want to accomplish for the day, um, which is sort of how I have to live my life right now. Oh, yeah. One <laughs> thing that I'm going to do. Today. Yeah, it's like, what's my to do list today? Yeah. I wish that it was like on a farm and just like you know, befriending, like the goal of the game is to make friends kind of like, that's wow. the big goal. It, like more so than to make money or do anything like that. Like it's really important to socialize and make friends with the people, with your neighbors in town. Wow. That is absolutely amazing. Isn't I, I feel wholesome? like it's so wholesome and it's so <laughs> like we've said already today it's like ideal of like a type of life you can live oh the uh, balance of work like of work life and social life yeah it i mean that's like a key component to this game mm. which is so weird it's so unique i mean and like i don't know and like in the way that you're like no i have to think about this as like something to play and i have to decide like where my priorities are going to lie in this day, in this game, but it's so applicable to your own real life. <laughs> yeah. It's strange. They like build in things that you, like you said, you have in your real life, like a, you know, social or for some of us, potential social life. And then mm -hmm. also, you know, I mean, well, like some of us and potentially some of us work. Um, yeah. But it's interesting because 
uh, an observation that I had about this game that people have had before is that we're doing a lot of tasks in this game that you could be doing in real life or that you might, I mean, if you're a person who lives on a farm, like, and it'd be really, I'd love to hear from someone who played, who's played this game because of course it's not the same, but like mm-hmm. you are still playing a video game to do chores almost. Oh my God. Yes. There are a lot of chores. <laughs> it's so funny because so at the, it sort of runs in, obviously it runs in the cycles of each season mm-hmm. and there's like festivals for every season, oh. like the summer harvest festival. And then there's like a sort of winter. It's like the, the winter star sort of like their version of Christmas or whatever. Very, very non-denominational. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, at the start of each new season and your farm, you basically wake up the next morning and your farm is just in like disarray. So like I recently, <laughs> the other night I was playing and my husband was sitting on the couch and, um, it went from winter and the next morning I woke up and it was spring and there was just like weeds everywhere and like oh. boulders that you have to crack, you know, it takes like a it could take you a full day of just yeah. like doing the chores. And he was like, what the hell? Like you have to do all that. I was like, yeah, well it's spring. Like it's hello. Get, get with it. Get with it. It's like, yeah, duh. The weeds pop up. It was winter. We're all. <laughs> that, like, I love that oh. you're like defending it. That's amazing. Oh, I defend it constantly. And I'll oh. be, I'll be, he'll be like, so what are you like working on right now? And I'll be like, well, I got to go find this like earth crystal in the mines because I need it. <laughs> I was like, I, and he was like, why do you need the earth? crystal and i was like because i have to make a mayonnaise machine and, and he was i like, gotta make a mayonnaise machine excuse me and i was like he's like why do you have to make a mayonnaise machine and i was like well i've got chickens and you can put your eggs in there and make mayonnaise and you can sell it but i specifically need it because i have to make this special kind of mayonnaise so that i can give it to a goblin and he was like i i'm out, <laughs> I'm out. he was like i'm done i'm done listening to this <laughs> i shouldn't have asked i'm really sorry yeah but um, it's like all just like so like simple little tasks yes. to do that are all like, I don't need to stress about how mm-hmm. to do them. I know how to do them. It's just a matter of like getting them all done kind yeah. of. And oddly, it's just so entertaining. And then when you can kind of like complete, when you can sort of complete that little mission or complete that bundle of like goods to give to your neighbor, neighbor so satisfying. That's awesome. Uh, I have a few questions for you mm-hmm. about the game. I try to avoid on the show as much as I can, which I always fail, asking just mechanical questions about the game because, you know, a lot of these are ones that I could have had a chance to play, but screw it. I'm interested. I'm going to ask you. So Kay. you talked about the the like in-game clock, how that's always moving. Is that only moving when you're playing the game or is it also happening when it's off? Uh, it's only moving when you are playing the game. Oh, that's and that's time, fantastic. Time moves in like it. So for every 10 seconds, it's 10 minutes, something like that. I think that's about okay. how it kind of breaks down. So it's like you'll wake up in the morning, I think at like 6 a.m. every day because that's how you save your game. You save your game process by going to sleep at night and the game will automatically save for you. Oh. And then you wake up in the morning at 6 a.m. And then... Um, yeah, I think every 10 seconds is 10 minutes in the day. Okay. Interesting. Could you, if you wanted, 
I know you were saying it's got like days and nights. If you were just mm-hmm. to stay up, could you stay up to the next day or you have to go to sleep? No. So oh, what happens bedtime. is you get too tired. What's interesting about the game and like what I was talking about, the balance of your work life and just, you know, yourself yeah. is that you do have a little gauge meter at the bottom of the screen. That's sort of your health and energy. Okay. So if you've been working really hard on the farm all day, like chopping down trees to get wood, like you're going to be freaking tired by the end of the day. (laughs) And like, you'll like start sweating and then you'll like move really slowly. And Mm. then sometimes you can pass out and you'll like wake up in the doctor's office and they'll be like, Oh, Bryce, like someone was walking through your farm and found you, like passed out and brought you to me. And they'll usually like, it, you basically get docked like money. Like you're okay. Yeah. So it basically will force you to go to bed every day. Wow. It'll, like- you, you can like pass out, but it's not healthy. It's not recommended. Oh my goodness. That seems like it. there is an actual gameplay incentive to taking care of yourself and going to yes, sleep. Another good absolutely. life lesson is self-care. Well, and <laughs> like when you're in the mines and say you're fighting some like little monsters or whatever, you can um, get like overwhelmed and not, you don't die, but you basically just, they call it like passing out. Yes. So it's like when you're little like defense meter when you're sort mm. of fighting the monsters you get a second little meter and that's sort of your defense system okay. and again if you do that you'll wake up in the like doctor's office and they're they're like very worried about you and usually you will have like lost some of your belongings in the mines and you'll have to like pay to get them back and you will often like yeah lose some of your belongings or lose some of your things so while you're in there and like, say oh, no. you're, you know, fighting your little monsters or whatever, and you're noticing that your defense bar is getting low, you, there's like things that you can either cook or find like hunt, like foraging in the forest that you can eat that like give you more energy oh. and like, will like kind of keep your life bar high. Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. And so what's some, something really interesting in the programming of the game is that you can learn how to cook things, but you can't sell anything that you cook. You no. can give things to other people as gifts. And like, there are people who are like, this chocolate cake is their favorite. And if you give it to them, like they're so happy or you can eat it and it will like raise your energy level okay. and allow you to like not uh, pass out. But yeah, you can never okay. die in the game I at all. That. Like it just, yeah. That it checks just, out for this game. That's perfect. Oh yeah. They're taking care of you. And, and it seems like it would be unnecessary to make you do that anyway. Um, yeah. Another question I have for you mm-hmm. and you started to like, we started to get into sort of the relationship stuff, which I do want to ask about. Yeah. Um, but you were talking about when the seasons change and how there's like, suddenly you have to do all this cleanup again. Mm-hmm. Um, on one hand, I could see how that would frustrate someone because you're like, oh, I don't want to have to do this. I just took, I've taken care of all this, so it's nice. But it's almost like, uh, it, I want to know how you feel about it because to me, it doesn't sound like I would hate it. It'd be like, okay, we're back in the swing of things. We got to like get this ready for the new season. Totally. And what's cool about it is that <laughs> there are, in every season, there are only certain things that you can grow outside on your farm. So like in fall is the only time that you can grow pumpkins. And so each season has sort of its own like farming 
world in some way. Like it's like, those are the seeds that are sold at the little general store and they're only like the spring seeds or in summer, same thing. Like summer is the only time you can grow corn or whatever. And like, you'll need to complete certain little missions. Like you have to grow certain types of vegetables, meaning you have to grow them in certain times of the year, or you have to like forage in the forest for certain things. And like, I know that this one type of vegetable, I can only find it in spring or fishing. Like you have to get really good at fishing. Fishing is the hardest part of the game, in my opinion, because it's, it's just very hard. And like each season has its own types of fish that can be caught. So if you need like this one type of fish and you're like, ah, crap, I can only get that fish in the fall. (laughs) <laughs> yeah then and you gotta, if, so, it's, if it's spring so it, you gotta wait you gotta wait yeah wow. which so you know it's i do kind of like that about mm-hmm. it and then like in the winter time there's snow on the ground like and you can't really farm outside now an interesting thing that is sort of a level up within the game is that when you complete a, a certain sort of mission it restores your greenhouse in which case the greenhouse will give you the ability to grow anything at any time inside. But that, that takes like a while to, yeah. to like, a, that sounds like a good later upgrade sort of thing. Yeah. It's a, it's like a very quality upgrade. You got to work for it. Okay. Awesome. I, so I see, I'm, I've got a really good idea of like why, you know, the act, most of the like work activities in the game can feel like I don't, you didn't say therapeutic, but it feels like it could be therapeutic or just relaxing. Absolutely. Very relaxing. Like there's, it is very relaxing to like for your farm to just like be covered in the weeds and, Mm. you know, different tools do different things for what's there. So you you can chop down trees and harvest the wood, or you can, you know, break the stones with a pickaxe and harvest the stone and then build other buildings. Mm. But it is like when you get like a clean slate, you're just like, ah, so good so that's good. awesome that's like you know in at least for me in like regular life if i need a mental break whether it's from my work a frustrating thing in a video game or or anything really um Do you clean? it's i was i was gonna say yes it, it's crazy how far like cleaning or other mm-hmm. tasks like that um that are just mindless tasks can yeah. almost relax and reset me at times and this game almost is like just an even more streamlined version of that. Totally. It's It's an interesting mix of mindless tasks where Mm -hmm. you can kind of, you know, just go about your farm and like pull all the weeds up where you don't even have to think about it. You're just kind of pressing one button and moving from one to Mm -hmm. the next. Then sort of versus like actual tasks that you you need to be paying attention to and you need to be, you know, dealing with. And Mm -hmm. so it's a perfect blend of the two. That's really cool. Um, so one thing I want to dive in on in this game mm-hmm. is I want to hear from you about uh, what you think about the relationships in this game and like how you go about that, the different people that are around, mm-hmm. because I know that is a big element of it. Huge. So in Harvest Moon, again, you were always just this little guy and you basically could just pick between, well... <laughs> This is where there's some confusion. I can't totally remember, but like, I feel like it was, you could pick between the eligible bachelorettes. I think that there was like a version of the harvest moon 
on one of the consoles or one of the updates where you could pick between the eligible eligible bachelorettes or bachelors. But if it was like a same sex partnership, hmm. they were just your best friend. This is true. And in doing research for these games, okay, that was the case. There, there are versions where like you, maybe you alluded to this where you can be a girl and in some of the games though, but it's pretty limited. So I'm sorry, you can continue. No. So Stardew, now you can choose your own gender Yes. for your own character. And it's to my understanding, it's that you can marry anyone like awesome. man or woman. And so, and there's like a whole cast of characters in this town and it will tell you like, who is single and who's not. Cause there are people who are married like with their families. And then there's also like kids, like yes. you can't marry the kids. <laughs> Thankfully then, you know, those restrictions are on the Yeah, screen. <laughs> there are restrictions, but like there is a whole cast of like eligible bachelors and bachelorettes within okay. the town. And your goal is to become friends with like practically everyone, like really good friends because they'll send you things in the mail and they'll give you things. And (laughs) that's sort of like the goal. Then you can marry and that like requires, like you have to go to the general shop and you have to like get the special bouquet and like present (laughs) it to the people. But you can only do that once you have like reached a level of like, major friendship Amazing. and like you yeah so it's not like you just pick someone and like you're they're you're their boyfriend it you takes a long time yeah you have to put in the work and if you don't put in the work your friendship like they'll be like oh well, i haven't talked to you in a while and like you'll be like oh my god i went down like a friendship level they're seeing the other person now <laughs> yeah so and they all have really interesting personalities like all of the people and there's even like kind of the guy, he's sort of like the homeless guy of the town. Oh, wow. He like lives in a town. He like lives in a tent, like up in the mountains and like you can befriend him. But a lot of people in the town maybe aren't like so nice to him. Oh, Again, no. this is my, but this is sort of my, um, if you become really good friends with him, cause you're pretty well respected in the town yeah. as like the farmer, this like new person who's like, if you become really good friends with him, the people in the town, like a lot nicer to him. Oh, that's that makes that warms my heart. It is obviously, I know uh, it's really interesting. Uh, and like, so, and like, there is this whole Stardew wiki that I don't know if people would consider it cheating because I don't know how you really can cheat in this game, yeah. but it is like a treasure trove of information because, like, every person, for instance, every character in the game has like gifts that you can give them. You can give anyone anything, but in the wiki online, if you search like one of the character, Gus, he owns the saloon. So you can search, search him on the wiki and it will give you a list of like everything you need to know about him, including what are his favorite gifts to get? <laughs> like, what does he hate? Um, like when is his birthday? Because if you give him a gift on his birthday, like it's worth extra points, Ooh, you know? So uh, there, the wiki, I use it all the time. Cause it'll tell you like what fish, if you're like, oh, I really need this one kind of fish. It'll tell you like what season it can be caught in and like where. So I don't know how you would play the game without it just because the amount of information in this game is shocking. Yeah. It, it is mind boggling to me that one person made it all because it is so, so complex. 
So that's sort of the relationship game. You can get married to anyone. And I do think that you can get a divorce. Whoa. Yeah. And Sorry, go ahead. I apologize. Well, so I, I don't know what happens when you get a divorce. I, I don't know if they like move because when you get married, they move into your farmhouse and they basically can help you. You can have them help you do like chores around oh, the home. Nice. So like uh, I've only gotten married one time. I actually haven't gotten married in this like new version that I've been playing in because I'm just been opting to be an independent woman. Way to go. Um, and but I have gotten married on a previous Stardew and like he was like the town doctor and like he'll kind of like give you medicine every once in a while <laughs> and then you can have him like help you with chores around the farm or he'll he'll you, you'll wake up in the morning and he'll be like, don't worry, I already fed all the chickens for you. Oh, what a what a thoughtful partner. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And then, and then I, I almost wonder because you can build like another little home okay. on your property and they can sometimes like you can like have your significant other or your best friend because like I, I don't I don't exactly know there are so many like details and levels of the relationships that they can like live in this like second home and you can kind of just like be on like a, in a commune weird that's so mm-hmm. interesting yeah oh I love that and you can oh. have a baby you can have kids oh my goodness do mm-hmm. they do they age do they stay as like little babies or that's a great question I'm guessing they might have like I, limited. Yeah, like, that's growth. a really good question. I actually don't even know um, because you never age in the game. Yeah. Like not actively. Sometimes huh. you're visited by your grandpa's ghost. Oh my goodness. And it's like, but it's like really sweet. And he'll be like, I just want to let you know, I've been keeping tabs on you and you're doing great. The oh, farm looks amazing. So, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> um, I know the sweetness, the level of sweetness is just like, I, I don't know. I just, I love it. I wish well, like all societies could be this freaking kind. Truly though. It's, it's something that, I mean, at any time in our lives, but I think especially right now where we're going through some, uh, like batshit crazy stuff, mm-hmm. especially in this country, it's so nice to have a place to escape to almost that mm-hmm. is just, you know, I don't need anyone yelling at me right now or to yeah. see any hateful people like this is really nice. Um, I feel like I had a, I had a, oh, I do have a question for you. Is it the same? Are these characters that you meet in the town, are they Mm -hmm. like randomly generated? Is it the same every time? They're the same every time. Okay. And they're also almost identical in terms of profession. Oh, in Stardew as they were in Harvest Moon. So like Harvest Moon was like he, there was a general store. And there was like a guy Mm. who owned the general store and he had a wife and then they had a daughter and their daughter was like an eligible bachelorette. That was the same in Stardew. Like in the same here there is. And then like, there was like a saloon where like people go and you can like get drunk. (laughs) I was going to ask if that's amazing. Yeah, no, you can like order a beer. And if you have like two or three, like you get like woozy. (laughs) And then sometimes you like pass out and you wake up in the doctor's office and they're like, they're like Farmer Bryce. Fifth time like, this week, Bryce. Yeah, they're like, you, you passed out. Like, you need to take it, you need to take it easy. Like, you need to be careful. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I, I do have a question for you. Because mm-hmm. hearing about the all the relationship possibilities and, you know, the friendship levels are really cool. Was there anything in particular that, like, drew you to that aspect or that you either really liked or kept coming back for? 
playing Harvest Moon. Either as a one, kid. I would say mm-hmm. probably more. This this question is probably more to Stardew Valley. Like, what interested yeah. you about the relationship system or going about that? I think what's so interesting is that it's not for each character. Each character is a fully realized individual. Wow. And there is nothing like what goes for one character is not the same for any of the rest. And I mean, there's a lot of characters Mm. in the game. I mean, there's like the blacksmith, there's the librarian, there's the fisherman, there's the guy who like lives on the beach. There's like multiple families, you know, there's a lot of characters and they're all so different and they all can be interacted with. Uh, and like, you know, have, they sort of like, they have routines of like every Wednesday at four o'clock, you can kind of see like where that one character will be, which is helpful because sometimes you need to find that one character to give them something or whatever it may be. So they all kind of like run in these daily loops a little bit. Um, but they're all totally individualized in terms of their likes, in terms of their like socioeconomic, uh, placement within the town and within the society and like, and therefore like things that are hard for them or thing, you know, whatever. Um, they're all different ages. There's a lot of like different ages within the town. And so for me, what's most interesting is that you do really have to figure out like what people like, like what is their favorite food? You know, like where do they like to go (laughs) at nighttime? There was like one and there's every once in a while you'll sort of go into a new screen. You'll, you know, you'll go somewhere. And if you enter that screen, like at the right time on the right day in the right season, it'll sort of give you like a little story that you watch. I don't know what that's called in video games, Uh, like, but it's, yeah, a cutscene. Yeah. And like one of them, I like walked along the river. It was late at night and I just happened to like pass and it, it did a cutscene. And it was like this one character and he was standing out on the dock and like, you're not doing anything. You're just watching the scene, like the little movie. <laughs> yeah. And he like was standing out on the dock and he was like, oh, it's you. And he's a character in the game that's like kind of mean. He's like, oh. he's like a young guy and he's sort of rude and hmm. it's sort of like known, but he's like very mysterious. And he literally starts talking to you about like depression. Oh my gosh. Of like, you know, I've been really struggling lately. Wow. And like, I've been living, my aunt, I've been, I'm living with my aunt. Like, I don't know if you know this. And so he's kind of like breaking down his character's backstory. Opening up to you? Yes. And, but, and it's like all of like, oh my God, this game is telling me why this character is so grumpy. And it's like for an actual reason that the, yes. the creator made like for him his backstory is that this is a character that suffers from depression and it's like once you become good enough friends with him and then you enter this one you know one screen at the right time it'll give you this cutscene of like knowing a little bit more about them and so all the characters sort of have that and it's so much fun like i said it's so complex yeah and it's i don't know maybe as like an actor I really respond to that of yeah. learning about people or people watching, or, you know, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. but like understanding the human condition. I think this game does a great job. That's amazing. Presenting that in a game format. It's in a very simple way, yeah. but it's just simple on the surface. Totally. It's, it's, I've heard a lot from you today about what has seemed to me just like 
uh, not that I would call them life lessons, but like this game, as much as it is a video game is like strangely so tied with reality because a lot of your real life is in this. Like people, like you're saying, have like a reason for why they are the way they are. Mm-hmm. You're doing little tasks that you would do in real life. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's, it feels like it's really deep in a lot of like the, a lot of it, whether it's the, you know, you building up your farm or a character's uh, personality is really earned. It feels like yes, to me. A hundred percent. And I mean, I think it's, it's so like on the surface level, you're like, well, what's this game? Like you just farm. Yeah. And like talk to people <laughs> and you're like, well, yeah. But then the deeper that you get into it, the more you realize just how like fully fleshed out these characters are, this world is. And I mean, I think you're right. That is like life lessons. I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. And I, I think that the guy who made this and programmed it, cause it is much more complex mm. and deep, deeper than Harvest Moon. And I think that's something that he learned from other people is that they were like, we wanted Harvest Moon to just go a little bit deeper. Yes. And so he did it. And like, I just, I don't know. I have so much respect for him. Like, it's just so interesting to me, like the choices that he made mm-hmm. in making these characters the way they are. And like, th- there's like a whole subplot where there's sort of like a, it's like a Walmart has opened up kind of just in the town and it's sort of running the small businesses out of it's running the small businesses out of business. Like the general store guy is like always come like, he's like, Oh, sales are been terrible because everyone can just go to this like Walmart and get stuff for cheaper. And like, you can, you can go to the Walmart and you can buy stuff for cheaper if you want. And so you have to decide kind of halfway. You have to decide at some point in time within the game, like, are you going to actively get rid of that or not. And, um, wow. and I'm, it's just like, that's so interesting. Like the, an- he's, he's actively making you make a choice about like capitalism within this like tiny idyllic town. Incredible. It seems yeah. it does this. It seems like it touches on a lot of these realities in our lives in several ways like that. That's so cool. But in a way that like kids play this game, yes. like children, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't know, which I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like, I hope that a lot of kids do play this game because I actually think it has, like, great messages and totally. great values and is fun and interesting. And, like, they could use a break from, like, killing people in a war game. It's true. And, you know, every kid wants to grow up making jars of special mayonnaise. So you may you may <laughs> as goblin. well sit your kid down with this, right? For this goblin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so I want to dive into... Um, a little bit about, so a little less about like the, what you love about the game itself mm-hmm. and a little more about like the context of when you fell in love with it. We, we got to touch on that in the opening, but, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to dive back in just cause I want to ask you some questions. So okay. I remember you were saying your friend, your friend, uh, Holly Payne had this Holly game. Holly Payne. So yeah, she did. Always, so you would go over there to play this. Every Remind weekend. me, are you from Oklahoma? Yes, Tulsa, okay. Oklahoma. Okay. Oh my gosh, I'm watching The Watchmen right now. <gasps> we watch that show. Oh yeah. So it, yeah, everything Tulsa. That is yeah. Wow, so much. This is that's a conversation for another time. But it is. It's a, a Tulsa is a, my beloved and very complicated hometown. 
Yeah, I feel yeah. the same about where where I'm from, even though I'm mm-hmm. sure it's different. Um, so you and Holly would play this game. You said you would stay up for hours all would, night. Would you like go to her house on like the weekends? Mm-hmm. And also, how did you know her? So we went to school together. Okay. Uh, we met when we were in third grade, I think. Okay. Um, like she was just like my childhood best best friend and we still know each other she lives in texas now and um you know like our first like kind of like friend date is that my mom took us to see the parent trap the Lindsay lohan parent trap no wonder theaters. you were so close after that that movie oh is God, like perfect yeah. for best friends bonds you for life oh. and so yeah i would go to her house like every weekend she would never come to my house because she had the n64 yes. and i mean it was just like that was just the rule. Like it yeah. was just, there wasn't anything weird about it. There wasn't it was an even understood like, thing. I don't, I'm like embarrassed. It was just like, she had the N64. Yeah. That's where we were going. <laughs> um, and yeah, we would just like, I mean, when I say we would stay up all night, we would stay up all night. We'd go to Amazing. bed at like five in the morning. We also loved Mario party, but yes. it was Mario party and harvest moon. And Ugh. Yeah, I mean, it just, like, it was captivating. It was so funny because, like, all the characters are, like, super funny and kooky and weird. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, that's what, like, we just, like, fell in love with it. It was just, it was so funny and, like, you really had to, like, work <laughs> to get, yes. like, the affection of an eligible bachelorette. Totally. Um, so, like, my, like, love for it never went away. And I remember there was a huge snowstorm in Chicago a couple of years mm. ago huge and like the whole city was like in the process of shutting down and there were a couple of game shops around town where you could rent and in 64 and um with a couple of games included in it like they would include goldeneye and uh mario kart sure you know and you could rent it for like the weekend for like 75 bucks or something like that. So I remember like we, my husband and I, we were like, okay, we're about to be shut in for a couple of days. It's a huge storm. And we were like, let's go to GameStop and let's uh, rent an N64. And I remember I tried, they would let you like pick another game. Like you could, you know, like pick another N64 game. I think they gave you those two and then you were allowed to pick one. Hmm. And I remember being like, do you have Harvest Moon? And they were like, yeah, but it's not, we don't allow people to choose that one to rent. And I was like, why? Oh, why? And they were like, because it's too rare. Oh. And they were, I mean, like, and so I was like, well, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. If I can play it for this weekend, like, I'll buy it. And it was like $120. Oh my and I was like, gosh. Okay, well, I won't buy it. Ugh. But so it's just, it's you kind tried. of. Yeah. So like I haven't, I've actively tried to play it again. And I remember like talking to people who I knew who had N64s as adults mm-hmm. and asking them like, do you have Harvest Moon? And they're all either they didn't know what it was or they were like, no, I can't, I can't get it. Or the only copy available. You can only buy it like on eBay. Yeah. So we, I, I remember having that conversation with you and then looking up at the host stand on eBay. Cause that's the thing I do regularly is buy old games online and it's gotten even worse than when we saw each other a lot, but sure. that's when I've looked up and, cause I didn't have it and been like, Oh, I want to buy this at some point to play it, but you I haven't know. been able to since then is what you were no. saying. No. And so, oh, and so I just sort of like, let it go. Like, mm. you know, it's like, I didn't have an N64 ever. And you know, it just, it sort of just like went to the, my memory bank or whatever. And then I was having a conversation 
Good old Bruce. Good old Bruce. And, and Bruce was the person to tell me about Stardew. And I remember when he told me, he was like, no, 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 no. It's like exactly like Harvest Moon. It's, it's like just You can still find love, Bryce. Love is out there. <laughs> I know. My like digital, my digital boyfriends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> seriously. But I remember when I downloaded it on Steam, I was just like. Oh my Bob gosh. Smacked. Like I amazing. It, it was just I was like flooded with emotions. <laughs> That's cool. So when you did download it, do you remember how you played it? Did you kind of go back to like third grade Bryce and just dump hours into it? Was it something you only could play occasionally? Yes. I dumped hours. Hell yeah. I was babysitting at the time too. So like anytime the kids were taking a nap. I was just playing oh. it. I would like bring my, I never used to carry my laptop with me anywhere except for like <laughs> right when I got Stardew, I was like, I got to play this. I was totally addicted. And I love it. a funny thing that Stardew Valley does that Harvest Moon did not do, but when you can have multiple games going oh, at okay. once, like, you know, folders of games in your little folder, it'll say like, the name, the character name you've given mm-hmm. yourself, like I just use my own name and then it, you get to choose the name of your farm. And so yes. uh, it's like, it'll tell you which farm na- name it is. Cause you could choose, choose a couple of different farms, okay, like templates kind oh. of, and they all have different like pros and cons to them. Hmm. Um, but it also tells you, I don't know why they do this. It'll tell you how much time you have spent. Oh yeah. Playing. And is that a reality check when you see that? It, it can be. I, I have one friend who she like loves Stardew Valley too mm-hmm. on her computer, and she will always be like, "Oh, well, you can absolutely track my depression based on like huh, you've got twelve hours like logged in of Stardew on this farm." So it's like it'll tell you how much you play. But yes, I when I first got it, it was just all the time. That's that's so. There's several ways. That are f- that are conducive to playing certain games are or fun or even just ideal for you. For me, mm-hmm. what you're describing is like my ideal way to play a game, which is I don't have anything going on the rest of the day. I mean, you had babysitting, but mm. pretty much nothing, and I can sink in as much time as I want. That is like I, the sun comes up and goes down, and I'm playing Final Fantasy still or whatever it is. Yeah, I it's love like- that. Yeah, it just time escapes you. The time is the time of the game. Yeah. My husband calls it farming. <laughs> he doesn't even call it like playing. He'll be like, I'll be like, what are you doing right now? Or, you know, I'll be like, oh, are you done with the switch? If he's like playing baseball and he'll be like, what, do you need a farm? Yeah. <laughs> like, Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I love that he dresses it up with vocabulary. Like it's, it's m- more hard work than actually just playing a he's game. interested right. in it though he like understands like i think he thinks it's really cute yeah. and i think he's like yeah i get why you like this and i think if he played it he would be like i would love it too yes um, i just don't think he never played harvest moon so mm. like he's never and or at least he doesn't remember it was not a huge part of his life like yeah. it was for me so i think for him he's like i get why you like this game i just I don't know. Yeah, you know, not everybody likes the same types of games, and sometimes you need to have like a some bridge to get you there. And yeah, we don't all have it, so that's okay. You know, he can enjoy the baseball game, and he'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. Um, the, sort of the one of the last questions I have for you about this about what playing Stardew Valley and when you got into it was, um, 
you you said earlier that you restarted your file on the Switch. Did you play it a different way? Did you were like, you know what, this time I'm going to try to be like this or do this specialty? Or were you like, no, I'm just going to play it and experience it again? Yeah, I sort of just, no. Yeah, I just sort okay. of, I think the way that it's set up in that there isn't like, there's no like cheating I guess mm-hmm. there's probably a cheat code where you can put a bunch of money in your bank. Sure. But I don't know how, like, you really have to, like, go through the steps hmm. of becoming better at things. Like, okay. you have to fish a bunch to become a better fisher and the fisherman in the game, you know? Mm. Like, you can't just, like... There isn't like some magical thing that happens where you're just all of a sudden really good at it. You just have to do, you have to practice wow. and like you just, so another life were, lesson in this game. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> I know it is, it is full of life lessons for me. There were things that I learned of like, Oh, there's maybe a little bit faster way to go about these tasks or whatever that may be. But you know, like I'm in the game that I have going currently. I think I'm in like year four, year nice. four spring just happened. And like, I've, you know, I'm just, I'm just sort of going along and I don't really have like much planted right now because I've been really focused on like kind of just doing this other thing. Yeah. Um, so it's, it just kind of moves in waves of like what the game, like of what you decide to do okay. with it. So no, I wouldn't say that I like played it any differently. I okay. might've played it a little smarter. Okay. Yeah. But, it's just um, having played it before. Yeah, it, yeah. It, that's the thing. It's like, there isn't strategy involved. Mm. Like in, at least in my opinion, like I, I don't think like you get like, Oh, well, okay. If I do this, this, and this, and this, it's going to make things really different. It's yeah. more so of just like, well, if you do this, this, and this, that's just a different way of, getting to like a to b sure do you know what i mean i do know what you mean which i think is like what is so great about the game like like i said like there's just no rush to anything (laughs) and like as as i said like the game rewards you for just sort of like taking it day by day and exploring exploring the world Mm -hmm. of the game i mean if anything like that's what it is it's it's like an exploration game that's cool well, that's really awesome. So, you know, before we move on to a couple fun end of the show segments that I have planned for us, was there anything that you didn't get to share about this game or a thought you wanted to wrap up before we do? No, I mean, I I, I love this game and I hope that people play it. I think it's pretty popular. I mean, like, I yeah. think people do like know about it. Um, I hope that there are a couple of people out there who loved Harvest Moon as a kid Mm -hmm. and now can know that they, that this exists out in the world like me, because I went years without knowing about it. Um, but I just think it's so, I think especially for, Right now, you know, everybody keeps talking about, I swear to God, if I have to hear these times. Oh, yeah. You know, like the phrase, (laughs) these times. But in these times, it is such (laughs) a nice thing to have. It's it's just, it's it's an escape. It's therapeutic. It's soothing. It's cute. It's sweet. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I know a lot of people got really into Animal Crossing and maybe they're sort of like burnt out on that. I think this is another great option. 
and maybe even has a bit more longevity because from what I've heard about Animal Crossing, a lot of it relies on other people. Sure. Whereas this can be like a very sort of thing that you can do for an hour by yourself Mm -hmm. when you're, when you don't have to feel bad about like sitting inside your apartment. Yeah, for real. You know, like that's what all of us should be doing is just sitting inside our apartments as much as we can. So, um, I just, I, I think it's so great and it's just so, it's so freaking nice. You know what? We'll put, we'll stamp it home with that. It is so, cause we've said it many times. It is so freaking nice. Uh, well, Bryce, thank you so much for sharing all about like your history and like your love for those two games. That was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, let's it was go really ahead. nice. I feel like, so uh, nice. yeah, it was like nice to like go back and down memory lane. I love it. It's pretty much all I do is go down memory lane. So I'm good <laughs> at it. Um, but let's move on to our two end of the show segments. Uh, the first one that I have planned for us is the fact me by your game segment. And that's where I just share facts or secrets or development history anecdotes with my guest. Um, okay. so I've got two for you today. And the first is that the Pacific Northwest, uh, the environment of, uh, that area, has a lot of influence on this game. So when creating the game, um, Eric Barone incorporated many of the elements from the Pacific Northwest because that's where he's from. So um, both, it says, what I was reading said both in the gameplay, which maybe that has to do with like the farming or something, but mostly like the art style and the topography yeah, of that like- that checks out. Yeah. But maybe it's like the things you can do. Like the, I would imagine that like, Fishing is a big yeah. thing there. Whereas there I don't remember, I don't remember fishing being such a big part of Harvest Moon as yeah. it was in this one. So oh, yeah, okay. that makes sense. I like that. That's nice. Very interesting. I love like you know in any of our our art. You know, as two artists, we can have this conversation. But yes, uh, we can. In, in any of our art, we bring this part of ourselves to it inevitably or explicitly. So. Um, it seems like this kind of happened for him as well. I love seeing that. Yeah, no, I, uh, a friend and teacher of mine, Terrell Alvin, Alvin McCraney always would say specificity is in the gods as like a funny, you know, he's an amazing writer. And so he often has these like great little like sayings where you're like, Oh, of course you're a brilliant writer. You just said that sentence, but I, it, it really, I, I see that in mm. this game, like the specificity awesome. and the what's personal to him and what he put in the game is, is what makes it so great. Yes. Oh, well, that's awesome. Um, uh, the second fact that I have for you today, this is more uh, Harvest Moon specific. So this is from uh, the Did You Know Gaming uh, YouTube channel, which I know uh-huh. I sent you a video earlier. I'm going to yeah. send you another one that's just like, did you know a bunch of cool facts about uh, the whole series? But um, for Harvest Moon 64, many of the elements in the original that were not used, so that's the Super Nintendo version, were okay. implemented into Nintendo 64. Um, at the same time, uh, there was another game called Harvest Moon Back to Nature that was developed for the PlayStation 1 that was supposed to be just an enhanced version of the Nintendo 64. Um, what ended up happening is that you know our developer of this game, Yashuro Iwata, he had like a team that was working on this and I mm-hmm. guess he stepped away from the project long enough to where when he came back, it was less of just like an enhanced version of that and kind of its own 
Oh, it went off the rails. A little bit. And so the way he justified it was like said it was a parallel world version of Harvest Moon 64. He was like, I don't want my name on this. Yeah, right. (laughs) I didn't have full creative uh, control over it. Control there, yeah. Um, But that brings us to the end of the Fact Me By Your Game segment. And then we'll move on to the game recommendation segment. So um, Bryce, this is the part of the show where I force the one tie-in to the movie Call Me By Your Name. uh, Because when I first saw that, I, after watching the end of Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet's character's relationship, I was thinking, like, who did they date next? Did they date someone who was like, just like eerily similar to the previous person, wildly different. Did they go out well, of the field? Well, we know Army Hammer got engaged to a woman. Yeah, so exactly. So that was sort of me speculating like like in real life when people end relationships, who did they move on to? So these are sort of, you know, an array of different wrecks for you. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So the first one that I have. I'm writing these down. This is, and and again, I'm giving these wrecks. I understand they might not be up your alley, but it's fun to do. The first one is an intense take on another sort of chore-oriented game, taking you know something from our real life and taking it into video games, like all the harvesting and mining uh-huh. that you do. But that would be Death Stranding, which is a 2019 game on the PS4. And this is a game where it takes place, and this is going to be a little eerie because it sounds like what we're going through now, in a world where the postal system has been disbanded. There has no. been like an apocalypse because of like some, I want to say like some disease. So you play this character who is trying to bring like the postal service back and you're delivering <sighs> these packages across these huge sprawling worlds and like trying to protect them. So you're also just like a delivery guy. Oh in a my really God, this does scenario. sound up my alley. <laughs> it's crazy. So I actually, I've never, I haven't really played it, but I did get it recently because it was on a big sale and I've been wanting to. Uh-huh. Um, so, oh, also it's got a ton of like, you know, if you did dive in, which it's intense, so don't feel bad if you're like, that's eh, not for me. A lot of really good emotion capture acting. Um, oh, from yeah, some cool. Really great actors. So um, that's the first rec for you, Bryce. The second one, which is, this is kind of funny. This is more of an ultimate sandbox crafting in all ways game. You mentioned it already, and that I was going to recommend Minecraft to you. So funny that your brother has played it a bunch. Oh, and the other one, man, yeah. I actually swapped this out, Bryce. I was also going to recommend a Sims game, but you've already dabbled with those. So pretty funny. I've dabbled. Um, and then the last You know what thing, my favorite part of The Sims is? I'm sorry to interrupt your oh, no, recommendation. Please. But like I would spend days building and designing the most glorious home. Yes. And then I would kind of get bored with like the people and I would just be like, nah, let's move on to like a new Sims. And I would just like <laughs> spend days like building their home. <laughs> hey, what that's the fun thing about games is it's however you want to play. Yeah, so, it's true. Uh, um, the final recommendation I have for you, this is, um, this game that we talked about today, well, at least Stardew Valley was created by one person from the music to the gameplay, to the systems, the art style he built it from the ground up. I have a recommendation of a game that was done the same way by a single Mm -hmm. creator named Lucas Pope. And this is a game called Papers, Please. So this game, which I think is widely available, I'm sure you could find it on uh, your laptop or the Switch, is a game where you play a like a, 
it's, it takes place in like Soviet Union, Russia. You play this immigration person or a bo- or like, I don't know if it's border control, but you, you're someone taking passports. Okay. And each person that approaches uh, your booth or whatever, you have to look over their passport and discern whether or not A, they're like the person they're saying they are, but B, if you should let them in. Because there's different scenarios, like sometimes... It's like, oh, the person's name is different, but they have a really good excuse. Maybe they're like, I need to see my family. Like I've, I'm delivering them goods. Like they're, they need this food or you, and, but sometimes if you let someone in, it can backfire on you. So oh my God, like that's the whole game is you dealing with like making these big decisions on other people's lives um, and <laughs> Love it. all created by one guy. So highly recommend that. Um, but that is our last recommendation. And that brings us to the end of the show. So uh, before we go, Bryce, thank you so much for coming on today for taking oh, it's my pleasure. Oh, it's, you know, it was meant to be, we talked about it years ago and we made it happen. So I'm very proud of us. We did. We did make it happen. I know. I feel like I need to play another game so I can come back. Yeah. I mean, honestly, out of the three of those, I might recommend papers, please, because cool. it's going to be a uh, good barrier or good level of entry for you. And I think really interesting story wise. Can't wait. I will look it up for sure. Uh, I love it. Well, before we go and I give I plug a bunch of stuff for the end of our show, is there anywhere you want people to find you? Anything people should look out for to watch you in? I know it's a weird oh, time for that, but Yeah, no, unfortunately, uh the pilot that I filmed for Showtime uh was pretty much killed by COVID. Yeah. So that's a real shame. Um but it is what it is. We're we'll move on. There's always going to be another show. Um, there is. So no, I mean, I got an Instagram that I sometimes use and, cool. um, right now it's, I'm mainly focused on using my social media for black lives matter and, Great. um, you know, supporting friends and other artists during this time. So I love it. Do you want to plug your Instagram or you're like, no, this oh, is for sure. Me. It's just uh, Bryce.Gangle wow. Instagram. Easy. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully not, not too distant of a future. There will be plays happening and theater and, you know, semblance of what we had. Yeah, something. Uh, well, that's a new, awesome. A bold it- new forward. Truly. And I'm glad to hear you're doing that on your Instagram at the top of this show. Now, since for the last three months, we've had, uh, like action items that I give the listener to support the movement for black lives. And it's kind of starting to, because there's so much shit going on right now. Like I included a information on how to like register to vote recently, which is, you know, like adjacently related. So I'm super proud to hear that from you. Um, I've got some plugs, so I'll go ahead and shout those out. Uh, first of all, of course, you can. Uh, I would encourage you to check out our Patreon. If you're listening to the show, you like it, I can guarantee you you're going to find more awesome stuff for you over there. So uh, take a look at patreon.com slash supernpcradio. Of course, if you listen to the show, you also know that I release previews of that stuff all the time. So if you just want to listen to like part of the episodes, please do. Um, you can also find uh, Jeremy Schmidt, the producer, his show, Video Games and Comedy Show, anywhere you get your podcasts. It's more of a roundtable style show. Our cover art 
is, of course, by the wonderful Glenn J on Instagram, and that's at Glenn.J. So please check them out. They made a just wonderful little piece for us. And then lastly, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Connor underscore McCabe. And sometimes I stream at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much, Bryce. And we'll see everybody on the next one. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon.